Hi everyone, welcome to the first season of CHIM, a podcast by the Centre for Healthcare Innovation. I'm your host, Chut Rostina, and in this episode, we have Dr. Asif Hussein, CEO of Articares, who will share more about his innovation journey from a startup's perspective, from conception to implementation. Hi Asif, glad you can join us today. Happy to be here. Yeah, so we know that you've had a number of innovations that have been commercialized in the area of rehabilitation robotics. And your name is synonymous with Articas. Now, what drove your passion for innovation and how did it start? Once again, thanks for having me here. I'll probably give a bit of a background about myself. Uh, I think that will help you understand how the passion drove in me. Uh, I started my work in the area of how humans and technology should interact at Imperial College in London. Uh, there I started to work a lot with stroke patients. And when you start working with patients, you see what kind of problems they're having, you start to feel more and more passion that maybe you can do something different that can make an impact. Uh, so that's what really started the motivation at the start. Uh, and at that point, we worked on some of the technologies which got commercialized by some companies in Europe. At that point, I had a great opportunity to come to Singapore and work with Domenico, the co-founder of Articas, also one of the leading researchers in the field of how robotics should interact with humans. He invited me to come to Singapore and with the vision, uh, that we both wanted to see how we can bring rehab closer to people. Uh, and that's really the key reason I came to Singapore uh, in 2014. And since then, we've been working together on seeing how we can really bring technologies, not just for big environments, hospitals and research purposes, but also to make a bit of difference in the lives of patients who are using them. Wow. So actually, your journey with a startup has been for about what, eight years now, right? Since 2014? Uh, since 2014, in Singapore, I've been working in the field of rehab. Ah, uh, okay. But I started this company in 2017. Uh, mm. We decided to start this company in 2017 once we knew that the kind of impact we want to make. Clinically, we have strong results. We know that the intelligence we are integrating in our solutions has a big impact for the society. That's what motivated us. Okay, this is a good time to start this company. Uh, we, we really felt it now we can make a difference. Oh, wonderful. So, but now, you know, um, through all these years, right, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced, especially in the early days as a startup? Oh, startup has a list of challenges. <laughs> Let's hear them. Uh, I think if I have to break them down into two or three one, one of the bigger one, I think, which every startup already knows it or they will get to know it is investment. I think that's the obvious one. So, <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is there. Uh, very brutal, especially at the early stage. Uh, I think because at the early stage, you just have a vision. Mm. You might have a prototype. You might have a concept. You know, you might know what you want to do, but it's still in the air. At that point, getting somebody convinced that, okay, they should invest in you and make sure that, okay, this will become into something that as a founder, you see this as a vision, but you have to make other people believe that vision. So that takes a lot of effort. So one difficult thing for startup would be at the early stage, a lot of people might not get convinced with the vision. So investment will become a big issue. Uh, 
I think the second biggest uh, and probably not the most obvious for a lot of people is getting the right talent. Uh, making the right team is one of the most difficult thing. Investment is, but making the right team, if you get the right team, I think everything else starts to come gradually. And getting the right team means if, just as an example, if the person is really good, uh, he understands the field of rehab. He already has a lot of options worldwide. Startup is a very dangerous environment. You don't know <laughs> when it's going to finish. Uh, so making the other person convinced, pitching them just like an investor, why they should join this company and make a strong team. That's probably the most difficult thing. And if any founder is starting a company, that's what I would advise on. Uh, then there are all a lot of other problems as well. But I think if you start focusing on these two already, uh, then of course you have to understand the markets properly. You're not too bound by, okay, uh, assuming a lot of technology, especially in the biotech area, would be engineers starting these companies. Mm. Not getting too much into the technology itself, but also looking at the patient side. Uh, but these things you would learn along the way if you have the right team members who can question you, who can guide you. I think the other things will automatically start to rely. So basically, everybody just co-learning together in the team then? You're all learning together. <laughs> Wonderful. So tell us about that first innovation that was commercialized from Articas and how did that impact the way forward for you? So a bit about Articus. Uh, Articus, our vision is very simple, how to bring rehab closer to people. Mm. Uh, and the word closer really is the key point over here. Uh, it means closer in a hospital. Uh, even in a hospital, if there are a lot of complex solutions for rehab or therapists you want to go to to get the rehab uh, sometimes opportunities are very limited you have a certain time frame you can only do therapy from 9 to 10 or you can only do therapy at this time because the therapist is available or yeah. the technology is so complicated that you can never use it so for us how to make rehab closer to people in the hospital so they can easily access them how to bring it closer to people in a community environment. Right now, if you go outside in community, a lot of people, after moving down from a hospital in community environments, they don't have resources to get the right quality of rehab. So we try to see how to make that happen. So one of the first, I would say not technology, but one of the first solutions we built along this was a combination of different innovations that were done over the last 10 to 15 years and brought together uh, that includes an advanced robotic solution which is now one of the world's first robot that can be used independently even in a home environment uh, it involves uh, specially designed therapy environments uh, we call them serious games which are games to help people learn how to do these tasks uh, it involves a proper systematic assessment process so uh, to assess a patient properly, because if you can't assess a patient properly, you can't train them properly. So how to build intelligence into a solution uh, that also got integrated. So it's a solution of hardware robotics, mm -hmm. gaming environments, artificial intelligence, all combined together to make sure that the patients get the right kind of care. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So, I know that you are one of the winners of the Healthcare InnoMatch for 2021, right? And um, you were paired off with Tantok Singh Hospital to work on the H-Men. So, we know that this pairing has made it possible for you to test bid 
the HMAN in a hospital simulator environment and to customize the solution to suit the local context and population. Now, can you share more about this experience and what's the latest development on this? Uh, actually, that was one of the really fun experiences. Um, no matter how much research we've been doing over the years, how much clinical trials we do, every time you do a trial with patients, you go to a hospital and you learn from It's a massive experience. And a hospital like Tentoxing, one of the world-class hospitals <laughs> in this area, uh, partnering with us, seeing the value of how sharing the same vision that we have of how to bring technologies closer to people and closer to even patients home so we started this project with them on understanding how to if you bring robotics home what kind of issues can come you can get a very good quality rehab sometimes in a hospital environment for a short amount of time but once you bring it home what kind of issues can happen so our goal with Tentoxing was to understand how issues happen. We learned from them, they learned from us, and we wanted to see how we can make this a possibility. So it was a great experience. It was very successful. Uh, we have the one of the highest satisfaction rate of patients, even at home, training um, in a home environment. Uh, therapists are very happy. So overall, the experience made us realize how we can improve the technologies. Uh, that also led us to a lot of new ideas, how we can improve the experience of the patient. So we are making a lot of innovation in terms of how the intelligence of the system will make it now better for the patient to rehab faster. Uh, we are making it more comfortable, like the gaming environment, for example, might be suitable for a European environment, but how to relate it for the patients in Singapore. Uh, a lot of different things have been taken into account to make sure the experience of patient and the improvement of patient is way better. Could you maybe share with us a little bit more about the challenges of bringing this rehab uh, therapy into the homes? Like, you know, you, yes. mentioned, you mentioned the technical issues and things like that. So what were some of them and how did you overcome it? Uh, so uh, to put it in a very... I think it's a very different ballgame. Uh, yes. Hospital and home, are, as a doctor, as a therapist, as people working in a medical environment will understand that difference, but even the audience at home can imagine this. Uh, hospital environment is way more structured. Uh, professionals are there who understand technology. Even if the technology has a lot of safety perspective that you haven't taken into account. For example, in a home, you can have children which can drop a coffee on the technology. Uh, easily can happen. Uh, you can have scenarios where uh, the water has dropped on it. Somebody has just wants to use the table and try to push something on the side and it drops from there. So a lot of things can happen to technology within that environment. And not just this, in a hospital, if you're using any kind of solution, a professional knows how to use them. It's not like uh, if you have a robot and you're trying to do exercise, you can't do it in a wrong way. There's no possible way a hospital will always make sure that you're doing it in the right way. Right. Now, when you take it home, you don't have supervision. You don't have people who are looking into this. You don't know how many uh, children are going to do anything with the technology. You don't know how the patient is going to train. So all of these are very difficult things. But at the end of the day, it's still a medical product. So medical technologies, it's not like a laptop. Even if you use it wrongly, nothing will happen. 
So for us as a medical technology, that's why we had to change from safety point of view. A lot of safety features have been added. So it's now in not just in Singapore, but in Europe as well, one of the first technologies which is medically certified to go home. And that means no matter how patients normally use it in a home environment, you are safe. You can ensure that the quality of rehab you're going to get is of a certain standard. All these things have been taken into account. It's a list of electronics uh, issues. It's a list of how to plug it in. All those factors that could be there have all been resolved so that for a patient, it's just like opening a laptop and start. Just making it easy for them to carry on with their treatment at home. They right? don't have to think of anything else. Everything else is taken over by the artificial intelligence and it's completely safe for them to use. If you can open a mobile yeah. and use an application, you can use this medical technology now at home. Oh, simple as that. That's Wonderful. Okay, so now, um, back to, circling back to your response about startups. So could you tell us what are the three things you would advise new startups or those who are thinking of setting one up? Uh, one, I think I always give this and maybe this is not the nicest thing to tell people, but I would always say, please don't start a startup for money. Uh, I think it's not something, uh, especially medical technologies wise, it's not something that you will get your, the success rate is more than 90, 95% of the companies are going to fail. Mm. Unless you really have a passion of something, uh, especially in the healthcare area, if you want to make a difference in the life of patients, if you want to make a difference in the life of care providers, yeah. please do. Uh, otherwise, I think this is not the right direction to go for. But if you go in this area, there's no better experience. Once you make a difference in the life of people, you will really see a change. Issues that people need to remember, is there will be a lot of failures. Uh, there's bound to be a lot of failures. If you're not having failures, you're probably not doing the right things. Uh, mm -hmm. You're not understanding. You're not taking the challenges that you should be taking. So failures are expected. You should enjoy them and you should see how to learn from them. Oh, that's a really lovely way of looking at it. Uh, it's the only way startups can be successful. Yeah. Uh, so I can tell you a list of things that went wrong in over processes, how people did not believe in certain things, how when you put a technology there, you thought it was the best solution at that time. And then people try it and you realize there are so many other things you need to improve. So the journey is constant. Uh, and you have to be really, really patient, uh, knowing that next five to six years, money would not be there. It's the passion that has to drive you. Then once it gets successful, there could be opportunities, but that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be what you're trying to do. So it's really passion to move forward, right? Passion to move forward. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that I already mentioned before. Mm. Yes. Those things keep on making sure that you're getting the right people, not the people who just agree with you, but the right kind of people who understand. One should understand business, the other should understand engineering, how to combine it together. Wonderful. Okay, thank you. And um, so, you know, what is the mark of success in Atika's journey as a startup? You know, what is, what is that next milestone you're looking forward to that will go, you know, make you go, yes, we have arrived. I think for Atika's, one of the key things that I want to see is obviously as a, we are seeing it from a lot of patients that we are making a life a difference in their life. So a lot mm. of patients already have shown this part. 
but the impact scale will really become obvious when not just a few people but a massive population within singapore internationally as well really can use it it becomes a well known name in how transformation is happening and maybe not just for articles itself but across the field of rehab if different people start to understand how we should decentralize healthcare how we should start to look at from a patient's perspective that change that we want to bring i think that would be a really good point okay we've done over job properly oh, nice and i look forward to that for you as well yes thank you okay so now on healthcare like overall right the healthcare industry what is your vision for healthcare in the next 5 years uh it's pretty much in line with uh, what we've been seeing already i think uh, one of the key direction we have to go now is mm. towards community and home yes. uh, hospitals with the fast aging population i mean singapore is a very uh, unfortunately a good example of how the, since singapore is a fast aging population yes. uh, it's we know we can already see the impact that will have in the next 10 20 years Uh, with aging population more and more people will be having chronic injuries and they will need different kinds of support so medical care wise if everything has to be within a centralized environment like a hospital we will not be able to take care of everybody so already from now and i think the government already is in the right direction but the worldwide this message is slowly coming in Singapore is just way faster in terms of aging Singapore Japan are a few examples where aging population is a big issue already now so i see it will go towards decentralization uh going outside of the hospital beyond the walls of the hospital environment that will be the key thing that will be happening and even for us uh, as a company for example all the techn- we are now launching another robot for the hand part as well uh for training hand and arm portions all of these technologies are designed from a perspective where patients can be a bit more independent they can have a bit more control of their healthcare mm. that vision is going to resonate across the healthcare industry now wow well that's wonderful really thank you dr asif i'm so glad you made time to join us pleasure my pleasure as well and we wish you all the best as well in the work that you're doing with articles moving forward and i'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about you Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Looking forward to meeting you again as well. Yes. Take care Dr. Asif. Thank you. Thank you. And you just heard Dr. Asif Hussain, CEO of Articas, who shared more about his innovation journey from a startup's perspective from conception to implementation. If you'd like to learn more about the Center for Healthcare Innovation, follow us on LinkedIn or visit our website at www.chi.sg.